Lord Krishna presents a whole scheme in brief. In the second line of sixth verse said, Yoga Yukto Munihi Brahma Nashirena Adhigachati. How Yoga Yuktaha, one who is endowed with Yoga. Here Yoga means Samadarshi, Samatva Darshanam. Samatvam Yoga Uchade, the sameness of the mind, the equanimity of the mind, which means that being able to see something that is common in what is apparently opposite. It is heat and cold, pleasure and pain, honor and dishonor are apparently opposed to each other. But in all of these apparently opposite pairs of pairs, also one who sees something that is common, either sees all of them as prasada, as gift of God, or sees all of them as a single God only, manifestations of God. And therefore, one who is able to retain or maintain that sameness of mind, not being impacted by the pairs of opposites, he becomes munihi. He becomes muni meaning a contemplative sage. He becomes a contemplative person. So what yoga yuktaha and all this yoga represents karma yogi. We said the first level of renunciation. Munihi, he becomes a contemplative one. That means the second level of renunciation becomes a sannyasi. Then he dedicates himself to the pursuit of knowledge. And finally, Nachirena, not, not, not too long, fairly shortly, he attains Brahma, he becomes the renunciate of the third order, Vidvat Sanyasya. The seventh verse also told us the same thing. A few more steps are said in between. Yoga Yukto Vishuddhatma Vijitatma Jitendriyaha Yoga Yuktaha, one who is committed to yoga, endowed with yoga, or committed to a life of yoga, committed to maintaining samatvam, the sameness of the mind. So, when Lord Krishna talks about this samatvam in many places, the 13th chapter also, Lord Krishna says, Nityancha samachittatvam 
ఇష్టానిష్టోపత్తిసు ఇష్ట అండ్ అనిష్ట డిజైరబుల్ అండ్ డిజైరబుల్ వెన్ వన్ ఇస్ కన్ఫ్రంటెడ్ విత్ చేంజింగ్ సిచ్యువేషన్స్ సమచిత్తత్వం సేమ్నెస్ ఆఫ్ ద మైండ్ సో దిస్ పర్సన్ యోగ యుక్త వన్ విత్ ఎండోర్డ్ విత్ యోగ కమిరిత్ యోగ విశుద్ధాత్మ బికమ్స్ వన్ హెవింగ్ అంత విశుద్ధాత్మ వన్ ఆఫ్ ప్యూర్ మైండ్ దట్ మీన్స్ దట్ ప్రోసెస్ ప్యూరిఫైస్ ద మైండ్ ఆఫ్ ది ఇంప్యూరిటీస్ ఆఫ్ అటాచ్మెంట్ అండ్ అవర్షన్స్ విజితాత్మ as this mind becomes sattvic as it becomes free from the hold of these reactions of likes and dislikes vijitatma then mind becomes favorable to me that means i find mind not becoming an obstacle to me but favorable to me in short this person discovers a mastery over the mind it is i don't have mastery over the mind because mind does not cooperate with me because mind is under the control of the impulses likes and dislikes so when his mind becomes free from the hold it becomes favorable to me vijitatma so one discovers the mastery of the mind videndriya as the mastery of the mind comes well the sense organs one also discovers a mastery over one sense organs of action and perception thus one becomes totally a person together means an integrated personality as they call it there is a total harmony within oneself so this is the state when one can take karma sanyasa one can renounce karma because karma or performs of action with yoga has this to accomplish and when that is accomplished as a result of pursuit of knowledge he discovers sarvabhutatma bhutatma he discovers himself to be the self of all the beings i thought i am just the self of this body but i discover that i am the self of all the beings <coughs> what i am is what everyone is is what everything is and so whatever love i have for myself i discover that we love for everything kurvanda pinalipyade he has nothing to accomplish for himself he has no agenda left for himself and so if he does perform the actions performs for what purpose loka sangrahaya just being for loka sangraha for serving the people that means now he is offered at the altar of the lord you can say since he does not, now he's there is no free will on the part of this person so two people do not have free will those who are impulsive they don't have free will also because free will is not available and this wise person also does not have free will because there is no need the free will the purpose of free will is to accomplish something for myself which was all necessary until now until he gained the knowledge now that he abides in the knowledge there is nothing that remains to be accomplished and therefore there is no free will all we can say is free will is totally surrendered to the lord to prarabdha there is no purushartha prarabdha and of course this person will describe subsequently also in several verses when he said kurvannapinalapyade even while performing actions nalipyade he does not get tainted by them not affected by them that means the actions do not create reactions in him that's all normally when i perform an action the result creates a reaction either way if the result is successful is result is just by me a successful also there is reaction of happiness and result is just as failure again there is a reaction of unhappiness what is meant by nalipyade that also will discuss he is not affected by the results karma and the karma phala that is because from his standpoint he does not perform the action at all when it is said that in spite of performing action he is not affected that is only said from the standpoint of the onlookers that they feel that he is performing action but not him so the 8th and 9th verses describe what exactly his perception what his vision is neva kinchit karomi iti yukto munyeda tattvavit so tattvavit the knower of the truth who is yukta who abides in this knowledge munyeta he knows neva kinchit karomi i do not do anything <coughs> then who does all these things last line indriyani indriya seshu vartante iti dharayan knowing full well that it is organs that are engaged in the their objects 
which means I, the self, does not perform action. It is in my presence, the, all the actions are performed. Like in presence of the magnet, the iron filings move. So, not that magnet has to make any effort at all. If there are iron filings around the magnet, automatically they, there is movement in them. Similarly also, just in the presence of the self or awareness, that this personality, consisting of the body, sense organs, mind, intellect, it is enlivened and it performs its activities, self is merely a witness. He knows that, and so he knows that I, the self, is actionless. It is in the presence of actionless self that all the actions get performed. And what we call action is nothing but interaction of sense organs with sense objects. So what is called action of speaking is nothing but the interaction of the organ of speech with the words. What is the action of hearing? is nothing but the interaction between the, the organ of hearing with the, with the sounds. And all of this is done, of course, with the blessing of the self, with the presence of the self, but not with the participation of the self. So he knows, I do not participate. <coughs> and that is the reason why he does not even get affected by the action, because he is not identified with the action, nor identified with the result. Here, when I perform the action, I'm identified with the action, I am doing this. So there is a certain sense of responsibility, certain sense of pride or whatever it is that is there. And when the result comes, then I am identified with the result also. That this is my result. If it is successful, I am successful. Result is failure, I am failure. He just does not identify, that's all. He leaves things as they are. All we do is we identify. And that identification is purely the product of ignorance. Not knowing who I am, I identify myself with action and call myself, declare myself agent of action. I identify the result and declare myself successful or failure. He remains free from this identification, that's all. He does everything. He appears to do everything. Pashyan, Shrunvan, Sprushan, Jigran. Pashyan seeing, Shurunvam hearing, Sprushan touching, Jighan smelling, eating, going, drinking, doing whatever. So doing everything that everybody else does. And still from his standpoint, he does not do anything. <coughs> so this verses describe the vision of the wise man. But how about a seeker? What should a seeker do in order to gain that vision, in order to become that? So that Lord Krishna describes in the 10th and 11th verses, the 10th verse tells us. Brahmanyadhaya karmani, Brahmanyadhaya karmani, Sangam chaktva karotiyah, Sangam chaktva karotiyah, Lipyate nasapapena, Lipyatena sapapena Padma patramivam bhasa Padma patramivam bhasa <coughs> Brahmani adhaya karmani Sangam chaktva karodhyaha Lipyatena sapapena Padma patramiva ambhasa Yaha the one who Sangam Tektva giving up attachment Brahmani Adhaya Karmani offering one's actions unto Brahman that is unto God, unto Lord so one who offer, who performs actions as an offering to the Lord and giving up the attachment this person Lipyate nasapapena, he is not affected by sin. There is an example given. Padma patramiva ambasa. Padma patra, a lotus leaf. A lotus grows in mud, in water. But the lotus leaf is not wetted by water. Because lotus leaf has some kind of a coating. Because in spite of remaining within water, it is not tainted by water, not wetted by water, not affected by water. 
This is an example commonly given in the scriptures. Like a lotus leaf. How? In spite of growing in water, remaining water, it remains unaffected by the water. And this is what we call the freedom in action. While performing action also, he remains unaffected by action. What is meant by unaffected by action is that, as we said, action usually creates a reaction. And action usually creates a reaction through the result. Action produces an outcome. And I judge the outcome. Because the outcome is judged by me because when I perform an action, I perform action with a certain expectation. Now understand that there are two kinds of expectation that we are talking about. This is also a question always asked for me, how can you perform action without expectation? How can you perform action without keeping result in mind? So there are two kinds of results that are involved with an action. This is what we would like to clarify. That when I perform the act of speaking here, then of course there is an expectation that these words will reach you. There is an expectation also that you will hear them, that you will understand them, and therefore this act of speaking will accomplish the task of communication. It is with that prayojanam, with that purpose, that this action is performed. This is okay. It is not that when I am not attached to the result, that I just talk any way I like without bothering whether you hear or not, you know. Not that. Just as when I am shooting the arrow, the arrow is shot at the target. And therefore the arrow is shot in the direction of the target with the force and whatever is required so that the arrow will shoot, hit the target. Is it that purpose that the arrow is shot? It's not that I just shot arrow in the dark or arrow in the air and say that, you know, I'm not concerned about the result. This is not a karma yogi. When we say that he's not attached to the result, does not mean he's not concerned about the result. Does not mean he does not plan the result. Does not mean that these actions are purposeless. Actions are performed for a certain purpose. Yes, for a certain result. And he plans for the result also. And he performs action very carefully. He's not a sloppy person. He performs action very carefully with his heart and soul in the action. So that a given outcome, that given end is achieved. Yes. So karma yogi is not that, he, you know, detached from the result doesn't mean being irresponsible about result or unconcerned about the result or not having in mind and not keeping a result or a goal in mind. It is not that. Then the action will be purposeless. It will not be called an action also. It will just some kind of haphazard movements or activity, you know, so some kind of movement of limbs and not an action. So action is always performed with a certain purpose in mind. Even Lord Krishna also is performing this action. With this in mind that Arjuna will get the, you know, understand. So, that purpose is always there. Then when Lord Krishna says, without attachment to the result, what is meant by that? What is meant is that, without identification with the result. That's all. Attachment brings about an identification. You know, identification and attachment go together. When I'm attached to my son, I'm identified with it. That means that then the happiness of my son is my happiness, the unhappiness is my unhappiness. That's called attachment, is it not? When I'm attached to something, then their well-being becomes my well-being and their, you know, all those things become mine. Like watching a movie, I become identified with what I'm watching. And therefore, the happiness of what's happening, the, the actor there becomes my happiness, and when he is unhappy or sad, I become sad. So this is called identification. I can watch the movie without identification. With watching without identification doesn't mean careless about what I am watching or not paying attention to what I am watching, not enjoying what I am watching. You very well enjoy, but you need not identify. Because some people have a problem, so that's why I go to the movie theater, so I can forget myself. But you see, those people who evaluate the movie, when they say who is the best director, what is the best screenplay, you think that they start weeping and crying and things like that? No, they are very objective. And then alone they can say how well this perfect person is acting or not. I asked somebody, it is also thought that when these actors perform their acting, you know, that they totally identify with the role and they forget themselves. So I really asked somebody, 
who is you know well known person i said is it so that should an actor really lose himself or herself she says no in good acting the actor always retains his, his or her identity and effectively performs a role so this is all that lord krishna wants not being identified that means because when i identify i forget myself i become something other than what i am is it not when i identify with what's happening in the movie i forget what i am and i start feeling the same pain or pleasure that that person has this is self forgetfulness there may be some merit as far as well, so for escape distraction i may use this the reason why people have these activities is because they want to escape from themselves and very often we perform actions also as escape from ourselves lord krishna doesn't want that part not identify the result and not identify the action so what is meant by not identify the result is not judging the result when do i judge the result when do i judge the result is success or failure when there is a certain identification of result when there is a personal goal the two kinds of goals in 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 performing an action not only that action should achieve a certain material physical result but there is an emotional investment involved there that i should get some gratification of the result so when i perform an action of gardening for example you know that i there are bushes and there are there are you know vegetables and things growing in the garden that's fine so when i'm doing gardening fine i may as well do the best gardening and then make sure that the best flowers and healthiest vegetables and things grow and i can enjoy them but when i identify with them that i become proud that this is i did it and therefore certain amount of ego gratification or certain amount of sense gratification is what is also involved and that is what we call the attachment with the result that may look not look upon the result as a means of gratifying my senses or gratifying my ego that's the reason why the things do not turn out the way i want i get hurt i feel that i failed so as a result when i feel that i am successful or i am a failure that means that i am identified with the result the result is the result i perform an action i am one of the agents or one of the factors in performing the action and the result comes by the laws of nature it's not that i created these flowers i facilitated you can say i facilitated for the production of the result but i cannot oh, claim the ownership of the result so not claiming ownership of the result recognizing that i am a facilitator i am one of the agents in and then you can be happy about it it's my privilege that i become the agent for the creation of this flower creation of this fruits creation of this beautiful plants with all the humility i can enjoy being having the privilege of facilitating that but i cannot say that i am the owner or i am the author of this <coughs> who is author author of the result always remains the creator because the flowers are grown because of the laws of nature that potential is there in the very seeds and then also other other help that was given in terms of the water and the air and the sunlight and moon and whatever in the earth and the fertility and whatever it is because of that that the flower grows and who am i i am just one of the i can say i am the facilitator for this to happen that's all so who produces result you will say it is the creator who produces the result is it not so who produces fruits who produces flowers who produces vegetables who produces anything similarly also when i perform any other kind of an action action of carpentry smithy masonry i don't know what or manager director executive whoever i am so whatever action i perform who is the author of the result i am not the author the lord is the author that's what lord krishna says karmanyavadikaraste ma phaleshu kadachana here arjuna understand that you are the author of the action i am the author of the result 
and then I don't have any pride. The result comes, I can enjoy the result, enjoy the result, enjoy the flowers, enjoy whatever it is. But now when I feel proud about it, that means that I look upon myself as an author. When I will disappoint the result, again I think that I am the author. So pride and disappointment that results as a result of, that, that arise as a result of an action, a result, is a result of identification. It is that element which is to be avoided, that's all, nothing else. Lord Krishna doesn't say that perform actions without keeping in mind the result, then nothing will be done. Arjuna cannot shoot the arrows in the air, he has to shoot them at the right targets. But not consider him the author of the result, the producer of the result. It is God who produced the result. And I'm happy that I have the privilege of being the agent of performing the action. Thank you. You can enjoy the result, how nice it is. But not brand yourself successful or failure. When I brand myself successful, there is pride. My ego is gratified. When I brand myself a failure, there is also pride. Except that I look, look down upon myself. Both of these are called the papa. This is called the effect of the result. The result has impacted me. The result has affected me. This is the result has controlled me. When the result can produce in me the reactions of harsh and shoka, of elation and depression, that means that the result has affected me. So when Lord Krishna says, Nalipyave, he is not affected by the result, that means that the result does not create any reactions in him. Which means that he will maintain his composure, his cheerfulness, you know, his freedom, in regardless of what the result is. That's all, not identifying with the result. That is called giving up attachment to the result. This is very important to understand because a lot of misconcept, a lot of misunderstanding arises when we hear that perform the action without attachment to the result. Not understanding what is meant by attachment. And so people interpret that I am supposed to perform action without expecting any result or without planning or without any goal in mind. That's not what is meant. Without any personal agenda, that's all. Have no personal agenda in the sense that in terms of pride, in terms of gratification of the ego. And thus, this is, this is it. Secondly, Brahmani, Adhaya, Karmani. <coughs> there are two elements. Lord Krishna says two things there. When a karma yogi performs action, number one, that offering his actions unto Brahman. And Brahma means Ishvara here. Ishvara means God, the creator. And of course, Ishwara that Gita presents is Ishwara with everything. In the 18th chapter, there is this famous verse, Yatah pravartir bhutanam yena saramidam tatam svakaramana tamabhyarche siddhim vindati manavaha. Giving, explaining, what is, who is God? Yatah pravartir bhutanam, He is the one from whom all the, the, the origination, his origination of all the activities of beings, from whom the whole universe came out and by whom the whole universe is functioning. And by whom everything is pervaded. He pervades everything, at the same time everything is happening because of him. This is Ishwara. <coughs> and so, the one, the intelligence, the awareness that, that's, that blesses everything, that sustains everything, that that endivants everything, that is, and that pervades everything. Sentient is insentient, this is the concept of Ishwara. And therefore, worshipping God means worshipping, that means that looking upon anybody as, as an object of worship. So that's what Lord Krishna says, the world should become an altar of worship rather than a source of gratification. So I do not look upon an object as an object of pleasure, rather than that, I look upon the object as an object of worship. Swami, what does it mean? That means when I now eat an apple, how do I do that? 
I look upon apple not as and not with the the eyes of gratification, the craving of gratification. I look upon them as a manifestation of God. If I cannot do that, at least prasada of the God, prasada of the Lord. Or the Lord manifests as apple, and then I will have a different attitude towards the things. A human being is not looked upon as a flesh and blood, is looked upon as nothing but manifestation of Lord. And therefore, the body is nothing but temple of Lord, and therefore the body is looked upon as a temple. The names and forms are looked upon more as vehicles of manifestation of God, rather than as, as the means of my pleasure, means of my gratification. And so, I do not look upon the world as, as a field of my sense gratification, rather than as a field of worship. <coughs> Then also you can enjoy. You can enjoy worshipping something also. It's not that you can enjoy merely gratifying your senses. A thing can be enjoyed both ways. Either through gratifying the senses or even through the spirit of worship. That also you can enjoy. So Lord Krishna wants us to enjoy life all right, but in a different way. We enjoy everything through tyaga, through renunciation renunciation of this sense of this craving or sense renunciation of sense of gratification so for this karma yogi everything becomes sacred because he offers his actions at the altar of lord and to him everybody is lord and everything is lord and so whatever be the station or whatever be the place he has in the life in the scheme of things whether he's functioning as a doctor, as an engineer, as a lawyer, as a sweeper, as a mason, I don't know, as a farmer, as a clerk, as whatever. Everybody always has some role in the scheme of things. Swami, I'm retired, I have no role. Some role is there. I'm father, I'm son, I'm brother, I'm husband, wife, something. A householder, renunciate, some role everybody has. Whatever role one has in the scheme of things, that role one undertakes, as I said, with a sense of great... Sankarajar explains here. Bhrutyahiva Like a servant performing actions for the master. In the Indian scheme, you know, I mean, I... So, uh, a servant performing the actions for the master. Let's say there is a cook, you know, that cook comes to our ashram, that's for cooking. So we have a part-time cook who comes twice a day <coughs> to cook the food for the Swami and a few other residents who are there. <coughs> if the, when the cook cooks the food, you know, what is the kind of, what, what kind of taste, what kind of spices, etc. will he use? Those with the, with the Swami likes, you know. <coughs> so cook himself, if he cooks for himself, the food will be quite different. <coughs> he might make a vegetable where the vegetable will be swimming in oil, you know, typical. That's, they think that is good food. When the potatoes and whatever it is, they swim in oil, that's considered to be good. It will be red in color because of red chili powder. That is how he would cook for himself. <coughs> but when he comes to the ashram and cooks for the Swami, you can hardly see the oil, hardly see the redness. It will be bland for different kind of a food. And so, he is surrendered to the master, is it not? He is surrendered to the Swami. That is his master. <coughs> and when he's cooking also, who is he thinking about? When he's sprinkling salt, whatever he's adding into the food, he thinks of the Swami, how much he would like, how much he would not like. When he's even cutting the vegetables, how big should the pieces be? How does the Swami like it? And when he's doing whatever he's doing, all along he does what the Swami would like. Understand that, and in that process, he constantly meditates upon the Swami, is it not? 
So when you are, your action is dedicated to someone, while performing the action, automatically meditation is going on in the mind. Like a mother cooking for the child, cooking for the son, who is arriving from United States, you know, to India after eighteen years, my son is arriving and she's thinking all the time, he must be now at the, oh he must be getting down from the plane and now he must be passing through the custom. And, you know, now he must be sitting in the train, he must be arriving, even the station must be reaching home. What does he like? Oh, he likes, he likes a particular dish and a breakfast and he likes it this way. He likes this kind of tea, he likes this kind of this. And that's all the time, while performing action, with hands and legs, action is being performed. The mind is all the time thinking, meditating upon the sun. And the action is performed so that he will be pleased. <coughs> this is called offering. When I do something for the pleasure of someone else, I'm offered to that. What else is it? What is meant by a self-centered action is I perform an action for my pleasure. That is, just to suit me. On the other hand, when I'm, my action is dedicated to someone, I act keeping in mind the pleasure of that one. And it is not that my pleasure does not come, my pleasure is his pleasure. So when she serves food to, his, to her son and sees him enjoying that food, she's happy. So her happiness comes not so much by eating as much as by feeding in this case. So it is not that a person who offers actions to someone else doesn't enjoy it. But he's, he's, he's what we call reflected happiness. His happiness comes from the happiness of the one to whom the action is dedicated. This is what we call sattvic pleasure. The pleasure that comes by eating is pleasure of rajas. The pleasure that comes by feeding is a pleasure of sattva. So pleasure has to be there in life. Lord Krishna cannot recommend a way of life which is devoid of pleasure. He just wants us non-binding pleasure. He wants us to have pleasure which is not binding. The pleasure that comes by sense gratification is binding because it gives me more and more, makes me more and more dependent upon them. On the other hand, the pleasure that comes by making someone happy is a releasing pleasure, <coughs> sattvic pleasure. That's the pleasure of happiness that leads to what we call liberation because Every moment is a moment of liberating from something. That's the spirit that liberates me from my self-centeredness. Liberates me from reactions. Brahmani adhaya karmani. Therefore, karma yogi, while performing actions, performs them. Adhaya, placing, offering to Brahman, to Ishwar. Whatever be his concept of God, doesn't matter. If my concept of God is not what Lord Krishna says God is, I don't see God Swamiji everywhere. I, I, I can't see God in this person. Doesn't matter. Wherever you see God, offer the actions there. If the God is only in the temple or in my puja room, I think of Him and offer the actions to Him. Doesn't matter. <coughs> what is important is that my actions are offered at an altar other than the altar of ego. Normally a person's actions are offered in the altar of ego. Rather than that, they're offered at some other altar. <coughs> in short, in my life I am dedicated to something other than my ego, that's all. I am dedicated to some goal, I am dedicated to something. Something is that I worship. So my life becomes a life of worship. Every action becomes an act of worship. What makes it worship is the spirit of worship. It is not that bhakti means a particular kind of an action. Bhakti is nothing but spirit behind an action. So in fact, in this verse 10 to us, Lord Krishna describes a bhakta. When he said, Brahmani adhaya karmani, offering actions to Brahman, offering actions to God, that, that is bhakta or devotee. So karma yoga is devotee. He lives for God. And his pleasure comes from pleasing him. <coughs> And thus, I am not even identified with the action. So, that, that is kartrutva here. In karma yogi, the sense of doership is there. <coughs> but what we call a subdued is sattvic doership. Doership can also be sattvic, rajas and tamas. So, when a servant who is dedicated to the master performs actions, 
is that is totally done for the pleasure and happiness of the master and not for his happiness. His happiness comes from the happiness of the master. This is sense of doership is there, but where the ego is subdued, it is what we call sattvic ego. When I cook for myself, rajas. And when I do something to displease somebody, hurt somebody, tamas. So when an action is performed to hurt somebody, tamas. When an action is performed to just please me, rajas. When action is performed to please someone else, sattva. <coughs> so that is how brahmani adhaya karmani sangam chaktva yaha karodi lippyate na sapapena He is not he is not affected by, he is not tainted by sin. <coughs> Padma patram yuvambhasa, like a lotus leaf, is not affected by water, so also. So there is a coating on the lotus leaf. That is what keeps the lotus leaf from being wetted. So also there is a coating and the mind of this karma yoga. What's the coating? The coating is the sense of offering to the Lord. The coating is the humanity, that I am an agent. That is my privilege to perform this action. And thus I am doing it at his servant. There is command by which I am performing action. And the result comes. He is the author of the result. He has produced the result. Therefore, I don't look upon myself either as success or failure. <coughs> this is a process of self-purification. Eleventh verse further describes it. <coughs> Kaye Namanasa Buddhya Kaye Namanasa Buddhya Kevalai Rindriyai Rapi Kevalai Rindriyai Rapi Yogi Nahkarma Kurvanti Yogi Nahkarma Kurvanti Sangam Chakvatma Shuddhaye Sangam Chakvatma Shuddhaye Second line says, yoginaha karma kurvanti. The yogis perform the actions and perform the actions. How do they perform actions? Kāyena, with the body. Manasa, with the mind. Buddhya, with the intellect. Indriyahi, with the sense organs. What's the big deal about this? You know, Lord Krishna says, the yogis perform actions with body with sense organs, with mind, with intellect, that everybody does. Whenever I perform an action, action is performed at the level of senses, hands, legs, speech, etc. And sense organs perform actions when there is a mind behind them. So with the mind, I make the sankalpa, may I do that? With the intellect, then there is a conviction, yes, I want to do that. And with the sense organs, the action gets performed. So whenever action is performed, the body, sense organs, mind, intellect, all of them are involved. For anybody. So Lord Krishna says, the yogis perform actions with body, sense organs, mind, intellect. So what's, what makes him a yogi? There's one word that Lord Krishna uses in the first line of that verse. Kevalehi. Merely by, purely by. Kevalehi, Indriyehi. So Shankaraja explains what is meant by Kevalehi. Only with the body, only with the sense organs. That also says that the word Kevala only is to be connected to all of them. Although grammatically Kevalehi is only related to Indriyehi. <coughs> but Shankaraja explains that the word Kevala should be connected to all of them. That means what? So Kevalena Kayena, Kevalena Manasa, Kevalaya Buddhya, Kevalehi Indriyehi. That means merely by the body, merely by the sense organs, merely by the intellect, merely by the mind, the yogis perform action. What is meant by merely? Says Mamatvavaritaihi, devoid of the sense of Mamatva ownership. So karma yogi also, karma yogi uses the body, sense organs, mind, intellect in accomplishing an action as everybody else uses. But the difference here is 
that when I use my body, my sense organs, my mind, my intellect, then it is my body that I am using, my sense organs I am using, my mind that I am using, my intellect that I am using, and therefore there is this what we call the, atten- the association or relationship of mamatvam, of ownership with the body, sense organs. I look upon myself as owner of these things. And therefore, whatever knowledge I have, whatever skills I have, whatever abilities I have, I look upon myself as owner of them. The karma yogi does not look upon himself as the owner of these things. This is just amazing. He is not owner of this body. He is not owner of the sense organs. He is not owner of the mind. He is not owner of the intellect. Then who is the owner? Lord is the owner. How come? Because he has created. He appreciates the fact that the body, sense organs, mind, intellect, all of their gifts given to him. I have not created them. They are all gifts given to me. And therefore, I am a possessor, but not an owner. They would call that, they would say that I am a trustee, you can say. It is given under my care, that's okay. That is what we call upadhyaya personality, is a gift that is given to me under my care, that I am supposed to use it properly, I am supposed to take care of it and use it properly. It is like sometimes, you know, my friend has gone out, gone away from this town. use the car. I use it every day. I keep it in good order also. I fill up the gas and oil and do all the maintenance work. But while doing all of this, I'm quite aware, this is not my car. I'm not the owner of the car. I use the car all right. But the sense of ownership is not that. It is kept in my trust. Similarly also, this is the reality of life. This ownership is nothing but a notion. To call myself owner of the body is not right. It may be okay, but it's not right. Because it is not something that I have created. It is not something, you know, that I'm I'm author of. It is something that is given to me. So this is a reality of life. Whatever it is that we possess is something given to us. When I'm not the owner of the body, I can't be owner of my children. So the parents sometimes look upon themselves as authors of their children. And therefore they warn that the children must do this only and not that and things like that, you know. So they tell us that no, you're not the authors. You are facilitators. And therefore, help them grow. Rather than controlling what they should do, help them grow. Become the agent of their growth. Become agents of their happiness. (coughs) Well, here, so... Even when it comes to body and the sense organs, mind, intellect, even then also the karma yogi does not look upon himself as the owner or the author. He just looks upon them as something that is given to him in his trust. So this what Bhagavad Gita means to say here is that according to Bhagavad Gita, there is no such thing as private property, you know. When my body is not my private property, then what else can be my private property? And Karma Yogi is aware of this truth, that nothing is his private property. And that he does not claim ownership of anything. See, the reason why I claim ownership of something is because I see security in that. That's the reason why I claim ownership. It is not enough that there is a house that I am living, but it must be my house. Then I feel secure and I feel alright. Then my ego is satisfied and I feel a sense of security. It should be my car. When can I enjoy a thing? I can't enjoy a house for the sake of house, it is my house, therefore I enjoy. I enjoy a car, not for the sake of car, it is my car. I enjoy flowers, better if they are my flowers, in my garden, in my living room. So today I am able to enjoy something only when I am connected to that. And the way that I connect myself to the things is through the sense of ownership. So I can enjoy a child, provided it is my child. There's nothing wrong in it, but we should know the mechanism of how we are attaching ourselves and that is how getting happiness. Is a happiness, does it come from the object or does it come from the sense of ownership? 
Maybe it is the ownership that I am enjoying rather than a thing. But that thing gives me the sense that when I look at my house, there is something that happens to me. The sense of ownership is invoked in me and I enjoy that. When I look at the car, the owner in me comes out and that's what I enjoy. Look at someone else, the same kind of a car, the owner is not invoked, it's okay. So what do I enjoy? Do I enjoy these objects of the things or do I enjoy this sense of ownership? It's a false thing. And so, I'm not saying that you give up ownership and things like that, but at least we understand that ownership is a notion. And ultimately, in course of time, we become free from that. That's the reason why Iranan said, gives up everything. He, he actually gives up meaning that he declares that he is no more the owner. That's all. He transfers ownership. But here, a karma yogi does not look upon anything as his personal property. He looks upon everything as the property of Lord and through that he performs actions. And therefore, even that kind of an identification is not there. <coughs> Yogina karma kurvanti, the yogis perform the actions as described earlier in the previous verse. Brahmaniyadha, when they perform the actions, perform actions as offering to the Lord. And also, without identifying with the results, not looking upon themselves as owners of the result, as the authors of the result, but only as facilitators of the result, not identifying the result. And thus, see what a thing, not, not identifying even with my own body and my own mind, and then also how, that means my own knowledge, my own abilities. People are proud, Swami, I created this, I thought of this, I invented this, I discovered this, this is my thing, which is good. This is my, I'm a self-made man, the Swami says, you know, I self-made man. But who made you? Somebody else made you to begin with. But then whatever I make, certainly I make with my Swami, I worked hard. I studied hard, that's why the knowledge is there. But anyway, somebody gave you the potential of gaining the knowledge, otherwise however hard I work, there are certain knowledge I cannot get because I just, my, my mind doesn't work in those areas. Somebody's mind doesn't work in mathematics, that's it. Doesn't work in algebra. Somebody doesn't, mind doesn't work in this biology. I, I, my mind could never work in this anatomy. I could never count these bones and it could never get into my head. Could never remember those things. Did not see any kind of an order. The, the only way the mind can work is there is some kind of a kind of logic, reasoning, order, some connection. When things are that, when you have to just remember for the sake of remembering with no connection, you can't relate to them. Or other people could relate to that and not to what, whatever it depends on what kind of mind it is. The idea is that the fact that I have some abilities, I have some skills, I have some knowledge, whatever I have, I have some talents, all of this is because all of these are gifts given to me. And that will make me an humble person, in short, a karma yogi, functions out of humility and not out of pride. So it was said earlier that while performing action, he offers to the Lord and also looks upon himself as a servant of the Lord and also looks upon himself as just the trustee of, so therefore, not the author but a trustee of his body, sense organs, his skills, his knowledge and everything. And they have always humility, no pride in him. <coughs> it is this attitude which is purifying attitude, not action. Action is performed at the level of senses. But what it is that Thangam Tektva, Atma Suddhe, for the purification of mind, the yogis do that. So while performing action, the yogi has a certain agenda. What is the agenda? Purification of mind. He does not want anything material, no material benefit he wants out of result. That is, no gratification he wants out of result, no gratification of senses or no gratification of ego. What he wants is the purification of mind. May my mind become free from the reactions of likes and dislikes. May my mind become free from the hold of all these inner impulses. May my mind become clean, pure, sattvic, transparent. Because then it becomes the it becomes a medium or it becomes a house of God. They say that if God is to be known in the heart, then heart must be prepared accordingly. 
So if you are going to invite God in your heart, you prepare it, make it clean. That's all. I want to clean up my heart so that it becomes a fit place for shining of the Lord. Atma Shuddha. So yes, a Karma Yogi also has a certain intention and that is self-purification. Purification of my mind from the hold of these likes and dislikes. <coughs> so these two verses describe the Karma Yogi. As you said, here renunciation is involved all along. Renunciation in the form of not identifying. So renunciation of the attachment with the result, renunciation of this ownership, renunciation of uh, pride. So all of this renunciation is involved. That's why Lord Krishna said that karma yoga, karma sannyasat, karma yoga vishishyade, that the karma yoga in my opinion is better than karma sannyasa renunciation of action because karma yoga also involves the spirit of renunciation. So all along it is renunciation. And what is renunciation? Nothing but knowledge, is not understanding. When I say that I renounce my sense of authorship, is our understanding that I am not the author. So it is the understanding of the reality that enables me to drop my notions and, 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 and my uh, notions or my conclusions and that is called renunciation. So all along there is only renunciation of notions. And that is called ego. Ego it is that manifests in the form of these various notions and various complexes in, in dropping them. And that dropping happens only in the wake of understanding the realities of life. So understand how even karma yoga, karma yogi, he will maintain the attitude that he does as a result of understanding. So here also understanding is involved. Understanding brings about renunciation. So either you can say that Lord Krishna teaches renunciation or we can say that Lord Krishna teaches understanding or knowledge. <coughs> Same thing. And therefore, the twelfth verse tells us, Yuktah karma phalam chaktva Yuktah karma phalam chaktva Shanti maapnoti naishthikim Shanti maapnoti naishthikim Ayuktah kama karena Ayuktah kama karena Phale sakto nibadhyade Phale sakto nibadhyade So yuktaha, yuktaha means a yogi. Karma phalam chaktva, having giving up the results of the action, meaning giving up the attachment to the result of the action. Shantim apnoti naishtikim, he gains shanti, he gains peace, he gains composure, born of the naishtikim shantim. Nishtha, nishtha means a commitment. Nice came, born of commitment. In short, this whole attitude brings about shanti, brings about peace, brings about harmony, and this is what we call the purification. So what is the test whether, you know, what is the test whether my mind is getting purified or not? Is that I discover greater and greater peace from myself, fewer and fewer conflicts, fewer and fewer stresses, and greater and greater composure greater and greater peace from myself. This is the, the this is the uh, criterion or this is a sign of the test of what we call the Antahaka Suddhi or self-purification. <coughs> and so this, the whole attitude of Karma Yoga brings about peace, brings about harmony, brings about contentment, brings about self-acceptance, brings about self-satisfaction, brings about a composure and when I am satisfied with myself I also find myself satisfied with others. My dissatisfaction from others usually results from my dissatisfaction from myself. My non-acceptance of others results from my not accepting myself. Here the Karma Yogi discovers more and more satisfaction with himself and more and more less self-acceptance. He finds life also acceptable and satisfactory. Thus, he finds harmony within as well as harmony without. Because the spirit with which he works is a spirit in keeping with the harmony. 
as they say, the spirit of offering is a spirit that in keeping with the obtaining harmony because the whole world is in fact created and whole world is functioning around the spirit of offering. As we have said a number of times, how the different elements of nature all of them interact with each other or with one another in the spirit of cooperation, in the spirit of offering. And that's how there is a harmony maintained in the universe. Just as in my body also, the different limbs and the different parts of my body, how all of them function in the harmony. So each one is dedicated to the health of the whole body. Each individual is committed to the totality of the total assembly. And similarly also you find in the universe, every element in fact functioning for the purpose of the overall harmony. <coughs> so Karma Yogi also has that spirit. And that is the reason why there is harmony within and that also brings about harmony without. He enjoys harmony within and harmony without. And what is moksha? Moksha is total harmony, that's all. Moksha is total harmony within and therefore total harmony without. That is why we say that karma yoga is a means of moksha. It's not that moksha is achieved someday. As karma yogi discovers that inner purification, inner harmony, he is in, on the path of moksha. And therefore, do we say, if you continue this process, it's a process of learning also, isn't it? Because all along you keep on learning. From the results of the action you learn, from performing actions you learn, so it's a process of learning and growing. This karma yoga is a process of learning and growing. Growing in what we call emotional maturity. Growing in all kinds of maturity. So Shanti Mahaprabhu the Naishtikim. In the way Lord Krishna used the word Naishtikim. Moksha Kyam. Naishtikim means what? Moksha. He ultimately gained the Shanti of the Moksha. We understand that ultimately what we call Moksha comes only by knowing myself as a self of all. But this process leads to that knowledge. You would need the assistance of a teacher and things like that. That's okay. But primarily this whole process that he has undertaken, it is this process that leads him to the ultimate peace, which is of the nature of discovering himself as the self of all. <coughs> because of this one, Vivekananda thus felt that Lord Krishna says, Karma Yoga is an independent path. Because of way these verses tell us, as though Karma Yoga itself gives him the moksha. Yukta karma phalam tektva. This karma yogi gains nishtikim shantim. That means he gains the shanti of the nature of moksha. But Shankaraja explains that we should also understand the steps in between. That it is said that karma yogi becomes a sannyasi and pursues a knowledge and gains a knowledge, gains an abidance of knowledge and ultimately gains the nishtikim shantim. So few steps are involved in between which Lord Krishna does not mention. But once you start on this path, those steps are going to, I mean those things are going to happen. Because as the mind gets pure, the desire for knowledge arises and then there will be facilities to fulfill that desire also. And as much as the rest of the steps will take place, therefore Lord Krishna says, as just as when I step on the first step of the elevator, I mean escalator, I'm going to reach the top. And similarly also, when he is embarked on the very first step of Karma Yoga, he is going to reach the end. And not only that, he will reach that Shanti. Someday, every step, he keeps on discovering the Shanti of the silence, of the peace. And so, he keeps on discovering greater and greater peace within himself. Greater and greater uh, acceptance of himself. Greater and greater love for himself. And thus, he discovers peace with everything else also. So, thus Lord Krishna presents Karma Yoga as a means of moksha through knowledge, let us say. But it is not that Karma Yoga is something of a class different from knowledge. As I said, in Karma Yoga also, even though Karma is there, but mentally one person, person keeps on learning. It is born out of understanding and it keeps on creating understanding. I perform an action born of understanding and the result creates further understanding. Thus he grows in understanding also and thus becomes free from these conflicts, free from the stresses and discovers an inner peace. <coughs> okay.
ಪೂರ್ಣಮಿದಂ ಪೂರ್ಣಾತ್ಪೂರ್ಣಮುದಚ್ಯತೆ ಪೂರ್ಣಸ್ಯ ಪೂರ್ಣಮಾದಾಯ ಪೂರ್ಣಮೇವಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ಶಂಕರ ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಕೇಶವ ಬಾದರಾಯಣ ಸೂತ್ರಭಾಷ್ಯಕೃತ ವಂದೇ ಭಗವಂತ ಪುನಃ ಪುನಃ ಈಶ್ವರೋ ಗುರುರಾತ್ಮೇದಿ ಮೂರ್ತಿಭೇದ ವಿಭಾಗಿನೆ ವ್ಯೋಮವ್ಯಾಪ್ತೇಹಾಯ ದಕ್ಷಿಣಾಮೂರ್ತ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓಂ